please take your seats. I want to just read a portion of Scripture, Acts chapter 16. We'll read from verse 25. If you have your Bible, turn to the place. For those online, the words will come up on screen. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. Familiar portion of the Word of God. Reading, of course, from the authorized version. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, and washed their stripes, and was baptized, he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them, and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. I just pray that the Lord... Will ask, will uh, add his blessing even as we uh, speak to him in prayer. But just as your Bible's open, that little chapter, six little verses, as I say, is my testimony. So it says in God's word in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 1, that in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee, though thou was angry. With me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has also become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day shall ye say, Praise the Lord, call upon his name. Declare his doings amongst the people. Make mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou an inhabitant of Zan, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. And you know, friends, tonight, he was in the midst of me, even as a young boy growing up. If I had a short sentence to describe my testimony, it would be this. The faith as a boy brought grace as a man. The faith as a boy brought grace as a man. My name, as you've already heard, is Paul Elliott. I'm from Armagh. Uh, synonymous with Katie and obviously the band up there at Drumderg. I'm married to Lisa and I have three children's children. I'm involved as a bandmaster of Drumderg, a uh, part of the Loyal Orders as well. 
But I can tell you tonight, my sufficiency is not of God. I can't stand here on my own merits. It's only for what God has done. I had the great privilege of being brought up in a Christian home. I was sent along to Sunday school, lots of children's meetings, Bible camps and singing groups, the boys' brigade. And I have to say I was taught faithfully as a Christian by Christians that the Bible was true. And you just can't simply pick the bits that you like or airbrush the bits that you don't like. The Bible was true from cover to cover. I was taught that truth as a young boy. I was taught clearly in the Bible that it states that there is a heaven and there is a hell. You know, as a young boy going to children's meetings, I developed a handy knack for reciting scripture. Not because I wanted to do it, because they give me money to do it. And they give me sweets as well to do it. And I developed a sweet tooth and a, a love for being able to say chapters at a time. Uh, and I remember one particular lady gave me ten pounds, ten pounds for reciting the whole chapter Isaiah fifty-three. But you know something? There was a method in the madness of that leader. He was hiding the Lord of the Word of God in my heart, that I might not sin against Him. You know, I was instructed as a young boy that I have a soul that lives forever. And if I have a soul that lives forever, so do you have. And I was taught, because of Adam's sin, we would be separated from God. That that sin transcended down the generations and that we were all sinners. And in verse 1 of that little chapter I I read, it says, verse 1 says, "Thou, Thou was angry with me. And God was angry with me even as a young boy because of sin, the sin that I was born with. And you know, friends, tonight he's angry with you if you have done nothing about that sin. He's angry because of your sin. It says in Romans 5 verse 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Now that little word all, it's so far reaching. It covers everybody. You can't escape it. It says for all have sinned. But here's the good news tonight. I was taught by faithful Christian leaders that Jesus was a substitute for my sin on the cross of Calvary. I was instructed clearly that not everybody gets to heaven. Maybe you're in the meeting tonight and think we all go to heaven. That would be a wonderful thought. But it says that not everybody gets to heaven. And you know, friends, tonight, don't take my word for it. Revelation 21, verse 27 says this. This is the Bible. Verse 27 says this. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. My name's in it. Because I asked the Lord Jesus Christ to save me. I believed on the cross work of Calvary. There's many in here tonight have their name written in the Lamb's book of life. 
I trust tonight that each one has their name scribed in that beautiful book. You know, I want to speak to you about, I've already mentioned about my soul, but I want to speak to you about my salvation. That's why I'm here tonight, to testify about my salvation. As a child at seven, I asked the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive my sin. Now you would think of a boy at seven, he wouldn't have had much sin. And probably not. But it says that I was born in sin. And I needed that sin dealt with. You know, even at such a young age, God was preparing me for the future. Again, in verse 1 of Isaiah chapter 12, it says, Behold God, behold God is my salvation. And I put that back again. Is it your salvation? It was my soul, my salvation, my shock. And obviously you've seen it advertised on Facebook. Uh, the details relating to my testimony. One major event at age 11 left an indelible mark on my life. And I have to say I left a great void. And shaped me as a person. On the 13th of April, 1983, it'll be 40 years this April coming, my father, who was a colour sergeant and leading drummer with the Royal Irish Rangers, was murdered in that little town of Kiri, Kiri Main Street by terrorists. It was an attack. You know, I don't give any glory to those that perpetrated tonight. I don't even give them a name. It was an attack motivated by religious extremism. That's as far as I will go tonight. You know, one minute I was out playing with my brothers and the, and the next thing we were being called in by an Elam pastor who lived in our little estate in Armagh, Pastor Carnduff, round, I believe he's from this direction. And he brought us in to break the news to us that my father had been caught up in an attack. And you know something I knew about the troubles of Northern Ireland at age 11. There was colleagues of my father had also been murdered. I, I remember the phone going on in my house late at night and my father answering that phone to be informed that one of his colleagues in the Territorial Army had also been murdered at his doorstep. You know, when the phone rang at night time, there was something wrong, and there was that night. But as I sat round with my brothers and sister round the feet of Pastor Carinduff, and he broke the news that my father had been caught up in a such like attack, I had the presence of mind at age 11 to ask if my father had been injured or had he been killed in the attack. Unfortunately for me and my family, it was the latter, and my father was called home. Armagh at that particular time was a hotbed for terrorism. As I said, I was a wee boy that knew all about the troubles. Many of my friends had suffered loss. I had an uncle injured in a car bomb. I heard about the, kidna uh, the kidnappings. 
I remember clearly as I watched out my uh, back bedroom window, the bus station in Armagh setting on fire on bus after bus. The petrol tanks were blowing up. One of the worst attacks, I have to say, was darkly. And that particular attack was very, very poignant to me. I went to school with all those families that had lost a loved one. I went to school with the victim's children. But back to my own father, and I remember my father's funeral, and watched my father, just aged 38, enter Armagh Free Presbyterian Church for the last time. A union flag was draped on his coffin. His regimental belt and hat was on top. I remember clearly the gun salute and the piper's lament at the graveside. And all, with all the pomp and ceremony, I remember my father being lowered into the ground. And that's when it hit me the most. And I have to say I cried. You know something? I don't think I have cried since. I wanted to be strong for those that were around me. And I become very hard. But I want to make special reference to the state of my father. My spiritually earthly father. What a way to go. He was a great example in life. He was a great example in life to me because that very day that he lost his life, he was in the early morning prayer meeting at 6.30 at Armagh Free Presbyterian Church praying for me, praying for my family, praying for his friends, his work colleagues. But he was an even greater example in death because he was simply absent from the body and present with the Lord. You know something? He was ready to go. Are you ready to go if you were called suddenly? You know, you'd have to say, how did I cope? And I have to say this. I'm not unique in these circumstances. Hundreds of families suffered exactly the same. Hundreds. Unsolved murders. And you know something? They're searching for justice tonight. Thank God I'm not searching for justice. The Lord has, and I say this genuinely tonight, he has poured the oil of gladness into my heart and he's took the bitterness away from me and he's given me beauty for ashes, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness tonight. That's why I can get up and sing and and testify. It's not of my own strength, of course. It's of God. You know, it says in verse 1, And thou hast comforted me. He comforted me at my lowest point. It says, Blessed are those who mourn as they shall be and will be comforted. And I simply was leaning on the promises of God. Verse 2 says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord Jehovah is my strength. And a young boy saved me, saved and I trusted him and that eradicated the fear. 
You know, as any young boy would have, I had a storm in my life. I was angry and bitter in my late teens. I knew there was avenues that I could go down seeking justice for what happened. I knew there were groups in and around Armagh and Portadown that identified with exactly how I was feeling inside. And I could have joined those. In fact, there was no issue about uh, joining up. I could have. But this is the keeping power of a young boy that was saved at seven. The Lord kept me from it. And thank God he did. You know, I was taught, remember I said about the word of God being hid in my heart. I knew that it was wrong to take the law into my own hands. It says in Romans 12 verse 19, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place under wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. It says in Matthew 10 verse 28, And fear not them which are able to kill the body. You see where I'm going here? I was searching the scriptures, trying to find something that would comfort me. And these were the verses that were coming out. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And I believe tonight that God has repaid. Listen to Isaiah 54 verse 17. This is the heritage of my father. Isaiah 54 verse 17 says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And that's my heritage tonight. That's my father's heritage in glory. And I believe God has repaid God took me down another avenue in the shape of Drumderg Band. I'm sure a lot of you know that I've been the bandmaster of that band for long, many a day. Um, and I used that band to draw me away and take my attention away from perhaps the dark uh, avenues that I could have went down. He knew that I had a passion for marching bands. I inherited that from my father and my grandfather who were drumming tutors. I've been involved in the marching band scene for 35 years and the band has been a real blessing tonight I have to tell you there's one of my former band friends who has just got recently saved he was a colleague in the band and he stand in Mulliglass Free Presbyterian Church the night giving his testimony now I'm not saying that I had any great influence in that but I pray that for William tonight that he'd have that liberty in speaking and giving his testimony. I had great friendship. I have to say friendship over the, friendship over the membership. I, I really dearly love those band friends. And I've given that opportunity of a privilege of having an influence on people. You know... God give me great success even through the band. You know, he gave me that endorsement in 2 Thessalonians 7 verse 20. 
Wherever a man is called, there and let him abide. I was searching for that passage of scripture to remain a member of Drumdurg Band. And I said, that's great, God. You've given me that verse. I said, but you need to redouble that and do it again. I didn't have to wait long. Verse 24 of the same chapter says, Wherever a man is called, therein let him abide with God. Now that was the difference for me. He says, be a member of the band, but I want you to do it with God. Last week, through our own a lodge up in Drumderg, we had a, a mission where we invited the whole district. A, the Reverend Graham Middleton conducted that mission. Lots of people in. Lots of people. The whole district of Katy has been evangelized last week. And we're praying that there, some soul would even come through for God. You know, I want to say here tonight, for those that are sitting here and perhaps listening online, God wants leaders wherever you are. Wherever organization you're in, whether you be in a band or a loyal order or any organization that you're involved in, he wants leaders. I have two friends in Belfast that were unsaved. And I put that challenge to them about five, six years ago about God-looking leaders within their band. They're saved tonight. Because God, I'm telling you now, see if he wants you to be a leader in a band or any other organization, he'll make you a leader. As I say, I had great success with the band. I met... At that time, the future King of England, now the King, Prince Charles, attended and I played with the band over the battlefields. I'm not ashamed of it. I went to the Benning Gate and went to the Ulster Tower and we played as a band there. I believe we, as a movement, marching band movement, we have a great culture and tradition. I, if only they'd realize that our faith is built on Christianity. You know, our, at very least, our forefathers were God-fearing. Their cry was for God in Ulster. God first and country second. Regrettably, this evening, that's far removed to where we are. The 30th anniversary, a lamb big drum was unveiled as a lasting memory for my family and grandchildren. And we booked a local hall and the Reverend McMillan, our own minister in Armagh, come up and dedicated that drum in a gospel-type uh, meeting. Both sides of my family were there. But what do you hear? I give my father's testimony that night. Some of my family members were saved through it. Because, see, God is using my father's testimony yet. That's why I'm here. I wouldn't have any great testimony to tell you, of course, that I'm so delighted that I'm a Christian and I'm saved and everybody should be able to get up and give a word of testimony, but my father's testimony has been repeated time and time again. And that's where it comes in, the verse 3. But I want to just say this before, and I'm nearly finished. I want to say this. 
As Bandmaster of Drumdurgai had the great honour of meeting at that time the future King of England. But it pales into total insignificance when the day I met 8-7, the King of Kings. That made the difference in my life, not Prince Charles. And yes, we give, a, or we give reverence to the King of our country. Of course we do. But the King of Kings come into my life. You know, I speak about my father and his testimony has still been repeated. Verse 3 says, Therefore with joy shall you draw waters out of the well of salvation. And God is doing that. He's become my salvation day and daily. The Lord has done wonderful things in my life. Give me two beautiful daughters, a lovely son, a very understanding wife, a great mother. She's a quiet, unassuming woman who is very strong. And you know, when we were growing up, she was left at age 31 with five children under the age of 11. Now that was a big task. My mother was a strong woman. She had strong arms when I needed a, a cuff around the ear and I can tell you got it many times. And words wouldn't do just to describe the person that she is. But God never gave up. He never forsook me. He gave me a little service to, in speaking and singing for him. Uh, he led me back to uh, the church that I'm at, Armagh Free Church, and where I work with the youth. And he's given me this little ministry, this testimony ministry. It says in verse 4, In that day, Jesus said, Praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings amongst the people. Make, name, make mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known on all the earth. And you know something? Again, that's my testimony. Singing was an opportunity that came from the band, actually, where I put a song on a CD for the band. You know, as I finish, sometimes you might ask the question about sacrifices and losing somebody, losing a loved one. Why does it happen? Why, is, why does a good die young? Why is evil rewarded with long life? Why does evil things happen to good people? You know something that happened to God or happened to the Lord Jesus Christ when he volunteered and went to the cross and died for you and died for me. But God, but God moments happen for a reason. That's what I call it. And on the 13th of April, 83, a but God moment happened. Tragedies happen because God sometimes does to knock that little louder to get through to people. You know, I just want to ask the question as I close. Has someone's death spoken to you? Perhaps tonight there's somebody in heaven in glory tonight that belongs to you. Can you say that you will be reunited with them? Maybe you're breaking somebody's heart. Your parents, your wife, your husband, because you have no time for God. What are you depending on to get to heaven? 
I've already said our heritage and tradition and culture is a big thing, but it won't get you to heaven. Christian parents won't get you to heaven. Going to church, of course, all these things are good. Going to church won't get you to heaven. Good works won't get you to heaven. It says, not by works lest any man should boast. How would you know if you've worked enough? How would you know if you've worked enough to get to heaven? You know, perhaps, you know, people believe that if they pay well into the church, that will find favour in God. How would you know if you've paid enough? You know something? It's free. Salvation is free tonight. Jesus paid it all on Calvary. You know, I trust that you will accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour. I have had first-hand experience of sudden death in a family. Accidents and sickness and death can happen. Don't delay God's offer tonight. Accept him as your Lord and Saviour. And, you know, that just, and I'll just finish when I say this. There's a little, lovely little song. It's not a hymn, but it's, very popular. It's a song written by Eric Bogle entitled The Green Fields of France. It says this, I can see by your gravestone you're only 19. They're talking of Private William McBride that died out on the battlefields. When you joined the Great Fallen in 1916, well I hope you died well and I hope you died clean. Young William McBride was a slow and obscene. But this is what I want to say tonight. The most important thing in your life is that you die well. And the only way you can die well is that your sins are forgiven and you've asked the Lord Jesus Christ to be your saviour. Forget about anything else. And dying clean is not an important thing as a Christian. That we are living clean lives that the Lord Jesus Christ can use us and friends tonight that's simply my story on how the faith as a boy brought grace as a man and I pray that it brings a blessing